Patti Smith once sang, Because the night is made for lovers. Yeah, but it's also for rock and roll and staying up late and noise, noise. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking to someone who is brilliant at staying up late and is brilliant at noise. It's Oliver Ackerman from A Place to Bury Strangers. This is the 75th episode of Lost and Sound. it going i hope you're good i hope you're well i'm speaking to you right now from a, a very very beautifully sunlit you know that kind of particular kind of sun that you only get in winter time but the sun is 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 beating a big gold heart through the cold berlin air and i'm on a street called friedelstrasse which is in the berlin district of neukölln it's lunchtime so you can hear people having having their their soup, their soup and bread and their flat whites and stuff. And there's a really nice bric-a-brac shop by me as well, where I once bought a lampshade. It was a fucking great lampshade, but I lost it. How do you lose a lampshade? I have no idea. And yeah, this is the 75th episode of Lost and Sounds. 75th feels like a really sort of dignified stately number, doesn't it? That's not something I thought the show would get. I don't even think I've I thought about that, you know, but thank you if you've listened before. Thank you if you've been following me from the start or for quite a while. And thank you if this is your first time and you're just listening to me twattling on from a street in Berlin. Uh, it means a lot. And on this show, you're going to hear a conversation I had with Oliver Ackerman from A Place to Bury Strangers. Of course, this is Lost and Sound, the show where we meet the innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the artists that do their own unique thing. And we talk about life and the things that inspire us to make the things that we make. Previous guests on the show have included Peaches, Jim O'Rourke, Chili Gonzalez, Letitia Sadier, Ghost Poet, Cozy Funny Tootie, and so, so, so many more. And I'm Paul Hampford, your host. And before we get going, I'd like to say a few words about my sponsor, Audio Technica who are celebrating their 60th anniversary this year. Audio-Technica are a global but still family-run company that makes studio-quality yet affordable products. They made the first headphones that I ever bought back in my old band, and I've always had a special attachment with them. I've always felt good, genuinely, knowing that in my pocket, whether I've been DJing or whether I've just been like listening to stuff when I'm on a journey, I've got like nice audio technica headphones so thanks for all of that and wherever you are in the world you can check out their range of stuff by heading over to audiotechnica.com okay so oliver ackerman oliver ackerman now 
I mentioned at the bit at the beginning about noise and about nighttime and a place to bury strangers are a band or a sound. They're a sound as much as a band, a kind of wild but still melodically somehow synergized sound. And there's something that when guitars are played in a certain way, with a certain emphasis on the sonics over anything else that that does something that feels like transgressive and transcendental to me all at the same time. It's something that we've touched on in the show before. And there's a connection to techno, I feel, when 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 guitars are played like this, when guitars kind of transcend. When I think of like Velvet Underground or My Bloody Valentine or or previous guest on the show first and more, um, it's something that ties it to this this feeling that kind of exists in the body. And a place to bury strangers, my God, putting on exploding head. And that's what we're sort of talking about today, exploding head, the seminal album of theirs that came out 13 years ago i'm speaking to oliver today particularly because the album is being reissued alongside a special limited edition effects pedal oliver also runs the effects box guitar effects box company death by audio and this was like the album the band had been around for a while before Exploding Head. Oliver, as well, his journey with music started a long time before that in the 90s, but it was really on that album that really, really galvanised what they already had and, and sort of set it off like like it was a, a, a firework and Exploding Head was the point where it kind of exploded in the sky. And in this case, initially above Brooklyn, but it reached my ears can't remember where i was living at the time i think probably in hackney in london but anyway it's a fantastic album and it was a real pleasure to chat with oliver whose journey has been full of highs and lows and has been like a long game and we have this conversation you know we talk up a lot about the long game in it i really enjoyed this chat and this is what happens hey oliver how are you doing good how you doing paul I'm really good, thanks. I'm really good, thanks. You're you're in uh, New York at the moment, are you? Yes. How's yeah. how's it going there? It's good. A little rainy, but not too bad. Mm. Uh, you're in Berlin. I'm right. Yeah, we've got like a kind of really freaky autumn weather. It's like about twenty degrees in the afternoon at the moment. Oh. It's definitely one of the four horsemen. I think is is definitely <laughs> hitting. Here we go, man. I know. Look out! This is it. <laughs> Thanks so much for chatting with me today. And it's early in the morning uh, where you are. I wanted to know, are you, are you a morning person or are you someone that's sort of like, what's your sort of optimal part of the day for kind of your creative? I, I fluctuate all over the place. At the moment, I've been a morning person. I don't know what it is, but uh, for some reason, the sun coming in the window gets me up. And it doesn't matter how late I go to bed, I wake up at like eight or something. So it's all right, you know. Mm. You kind of you're starting before a lot of other things are going on. You can get some things done in the day. It's not as bad as some people may make it out to be. <laughs> I think particularly kind of leading a rock and roll lifestyle, the kind of the emphasis is sort of on on the nighttime, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. And I used to be the type of person who would stay up all night until the next day all the time. And so but that's kind of weird. Then you're like waking up again later when it's like dark outside. And so 
you're kind of an you sort of get pissed off at the world for not being awake when you're awake you know but it's a, kind of a little unreasonable i guess totally it's kind of asking the nature of the world to bend to your needs isn't it in a, in a yeah. way you know but I, I definitely used to be like that myself and and you know sort of like in terms of like playing live now and touring um because you know you, you started out in the 90s really and you know in sort of that, that kind of energy and that late night energy how, how have you seen that change in yourself over over the years you know what do you look out for and what do you kind of how do you look after yourself yeah i don't know i mean you just kind of keep on going it's like as things you know nights go on and they're like really fun and exciting and there's constantly things you want to do i guess it sets the bar higher like there better be something good going on or else i'm out of here you know or something maybe but um yeah i mean i used to just do that stuff more often i think but it's also a different state of the world and and i don't know i feel like even shows and stuff used to be geared towards you know let's start this show at midnight and there would be like some crazy night show and now for some reason people are having shows that start at like 7 p.m or something and i don't know it's just weird i just don't don't really get it you know i feel like rock and roll or dance music or whatever in the middle of the night like go perfectly together you know you should be like tired you know hanging in there and like losing your shit you know so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i think there's a, there's a something like extra that happens when you're really tired as well and you go out to that extra thing that you weren't going to go to totally yeah i mean it's also it's like intentional and stuff and then you know it's kind of the time when all of the rest of the world is sleeping or you know other people aren't kind of out and about so you sort of feel like you're in a ghost world where you can kind of do anything you feel like safer on the street in some way you can like scream at the top of your lungs and you know someone will just maybe yell shut up or something i don't know <laughs> or uh you know you just kind of feel like you're sort of like living underneath society or something or in the dream world or or something which i think is is kind of uh fun and exciting and then you definitely see that reality like if you stay up all night and then you ride the subway and it's like people are in their suit and their tie and you're all hung over and trying to open your eyes and and it's uh you know you kind of uh i don't know you you see where those worlds collide and and it's i think maybe that's even why people stay up late and do this stuff is it's like a safe space and i, I used to definitely so. i feel that way too even when you know i would stay up past all all the time with all my other roommates so i could like get to the house to myself you know and do whatever the hell i wanted to and get into whatever hijinks and whatever and just not have to deal with anything else you kind of feel free yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think rock and roll and and sort of like, you know, in Berlin here with the, with the techno scene and it, it's sort of very similar rules of that sort of like, you know, it is this sort of, you know, it's the transgressiveness as well, isn't it? That I think is a big part of the film and it kind of creates like an alternate reality to sort of like, you know, normal society, you know, and the, the, the trappings of normal society, you know, and, and sort of having that nighttime space for it is is... Uh, you know, it's like, well, if, if the normal world has got the day, at least we've got the night. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's a good thing. And then it keeps you away from some of that stuff, you know, which you don't want to run into some responsibility in the middle of the night or something. Or, you know, it's so nice, too. You get, there's nobody's going to, like, call you and say, oh, you you know overdrafted on your card or some crap or i don't know whatever like you know like oh time to pay rent or something they're all asleep like you're free 
you know. But, uh, yeah. So there's definitely a lot to be said for turning your phone to air- airport mode in the daytime and then you know. rolling it away or something. Like <laughs> yeah. And then when you're on as well, when you're on stage, there's something that I always love to ask. I think sometimes DJs, but I think one of the things I really love about your music is the sort of sonic nature of how you approach the guitar and how you approach the band. And then it's something that in some of the previous guests I've had, like First and More, you know, has as well that it has such a sort of you know it has a sort of sonic that I find in connect in common with techno as well as it being sort of purely rock and roll and I was kind of wondering for you about noise really like what is your sort of what is your thing with noise <laughs> yeah I mean I love the sound of it I love you know it just sounds so incredible and it it's you know I like the sound of things when they're kind of you know, reaching the brink and sort of being destroyed and breaking apart and riding that line between that and something which is like extremely beautiful or nice and comforting and and all of that stuff. Um, you know, it's it sort of really invigorates me and all of these things. It's like you're put into a space where it kind of like overtakes your body in such a way and i think that that's like you know listening to music while you're doing something it could be like motivating or can kind of bring you up and like when you're out at a dance club and you're dancing you're not even you know you couldn't put your finger on exactly what it is that's making you feel this way or making you flail your body around or whatever it is but you know it's definitely that noise and that sound that just lifts you up and i don't know it's kind of like one of those ultimate drugs in sort of a way. And, uh, and yeah, so I always just, I, I love it, you know? And so I'm always kind of chasing those, you know, moments and those things happening. And, you know, it's always when there's something like fresh is going on and something neat and new. And so, um, yeah, as many times as I can, I try to put myself in those situations and, you know, we sort of do that stuff with the music we play and try to go out to shows and go do stuff. And, you know, you want to, I don't know, relive constantly those experiences of excitement and pure energy. Mm. And and you, you sort of mentioned something on about sort of like losing yourself in it. And, and when you're playing live, is, is there like a kind of, a sort of a point of flow state that you reach or can reach when you play yeah i mean that's always the goal you know for sure and so that kind of involves a lot of different sorts of things and in one way it's like you know you kind of you know you want to know what it is that you're sort of playing and so that's i guess why we kind of practice or something but then it's also to um you know to sort of always have that goal of trying to take things to some place you've never been before and you know, that sort of involves like shutting off in some sort of weird way and just really being in tune with what it is that's happening. And, um, you know, we do that with even all sorts of additional tricks, like shutting the lights out or using crazy strobes or trying to jump into the crowd or something or put yourself in some kind of situation in which, you know, you're letting something else sort of take control. It's like, you know, it's again, it's like some euphoric place or some sort of drug, like you're getting transcended off of this world into something else. You don't know what exactly it is. It's like you're halfway in between being awake and asleep. And uh, and really, you know, it's a time when like your mind is set free. It's like meditation or something. It's like you really, 
you know, you're not thinking about anything, you know, or not at least something that you could understand or comprehend, you know, with language. And and that's when it's like uh, always the the best moments and the best kind of things. It's you're 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 involved in something like primordial or something, which is uh, I don't know, just awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love the way you're describing that. Was it was there a sort of time? like an early formative moment that you can remember hearing some music that kind of did that for you? Yeah, I mean, discovering tons of music, you know, that was even the first time I remember I was driving around with my brother in a car and, um, you know, he had just gotten his license and he put on, I'm not sure what punk band, you know, maybe it was like Minor Threat or something and just turned the stereo up all the way, Mm. you know, and it was just like, you know, I didn't, I couldn't tell, you know, I'd never even heard music that was quite like this. And it was just so intense, you know, and they're just completely going for it, you know, and it's so foreign to you having not even bridged the gap into this after having listened to, you know, just whatever Michael Jackson and, mm. uh, you know, the Beatles or something like that before. So, so this was, you know, just so intense and so wild and, you know, you can't, you know, later you even form ideas and relationships with these things and things that you understand. And at those times, you don't know what it is or, you know, or even listening to like My Bloody Valentine for those first mm. times or something. It's like, you know, you don't know whether, you know, they went out and recorded sounds of the sea and the ocean or something, or if they were like, you know, recording chainsaws or something tied to the back of a car or whatever it is that it is. But, but you know that there's like, um, you know, it's that kind of like mystery and that sort of kind of, you know, crazy, uh, you know, I don't know, th- th- that sort of weird thing where like you're in such a foreign place. And so that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I had that with, particularly with my buddy Valentine as well. And I listened to a lot of music from from that era of like late 80s, early 90s on cassette. And then it was that added thing as well, like what you're saying, but with with I remember with tapes it was like is the tape a little bit faded you know if, <laughs> yeah, you know sure. it might have been like also like a tape copy that a friend made and I wasn't quite yeah. sure but I always remember like uh, the loveless to me sort of had a almost reminded me of the carpenters in in a way like the the melodies just just beautiful melodies underneath it all and I get that from like my love of the velvet underground as well sure, that sure. sort of, it was like the sort of juxtaposition of the the beauty of it the sweetness of it and the the nastiness of it of course yeah yeah it's incredible and is that something that you kind of you is there's that sort of really strong melodic side to to what you do as well and is that something that is quite important for you as well to to hit the kind of spot that in between yeah i mean i guess that's just kind of the stuff that i've sort of been always kind of drawn to you know and it's some of those like melodies which are so pretty and so neat and you know you think of when you're walking around on the street or kind of come up and those that's that weird like the happy place involved in that stuff or something or those things that kind of come out somehow and that's i guess the most musicianship or something sort of of all of the things that i'll do where you know you have some cool melody or some cool bass line or something that sort of stands out on its own in some kind of way and then that smashed together with um the sound of taking a trip to hell or something kind of uh um it's, it's kind of pretty or something uh and kind of cool and sort of I, I feel like those two elements kind of go together in such a way in which um i don't know it makes that sort of that thing kind of attractive to you in some kind of way it's maybe like a 
um, you know, I don't know which is the candy coating glaze on which, but mm. it's that duality of that kind of things that um, is can even like put you in a space. You know, it's like it's, it's like a scary movie when it's like funny mm. and happy, and then all of a sudden they scare the shit out of you. It's like that. Uh, you know, th th there's there's some sort of tension there, and there's something kind of pulling and and something which you know I don't know maybe makes that pill easier to swallow or something or i don't know yeah yeah definitely it's, a, it's a definitely so when you have like sort of like a you know like a combination of foods as well you know sort of the sort of the sour or the really strong with something sweet as well and sure. it just hits that sort of spot you know and yeah otherwise it's just like abstract noise music or something which is like which can be really fun and mm. can be incredible and it is totally beautiful and wild but uh you know, I don't know. Some of those things, it's it's better to like fool the audience and force them to subdue themselves to your avant-garde noise set, rather than like uh, you know to actually put on that record or something is sort of a it's it's a different kind of thing. You know, it's like you would have to be you know either you want it to be like I don't know some sort of like you know, background noise to something or you're just nuts or something and you like the sound of, you know, blenders on loop or something. I don't know. So, <laughs> Well, I guess living in a city, we all have a certain amount of noise in our daily backdrop right. anyway, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you came to, um, so you came to New York, was it the early, early 2000s? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And what was the kind of, climate at the time because you'd already been in bands before and you know what was the sort of climate because people you know obviously it's become quite a mythologized era now sure um, um, how was that for you yeah i mean I, you know it's always hard to tell when you're kind of like involved in those kinds of things and you're just like kids who want to go out and party and do stuff and and so um you know i thought it was awesome but it would seem like you know, there were some sorts of drawbacks. I feel like there was still like clicks and these kinds of things in some ways, but there was definitely like thriving warehouse scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you don't know the city or anything, it's all this crazy, awesome mystery. And so, you know, you're trying to trail down some parties on some rooftop or go see some bands that are playing in some alleyway or something. And it's like, you don't even realize that this stuff is going to end either as time mm -hmm. goes on. And so, I don't know, it was a really, it was in incredible. It was such a good time. But I'd kind of even experienced some of this before living in Providence, Rhode Island. It was at a time where there was tons of warehouses and people were throwing shows in these warehouses. And, and that's kind of what even drew me to New York. I was like, oh, here's a place where there's this thriving art community. And yet, um, you know, it's even multiplied. There's even more of it. And it's so kind of mysterious. And so I think... You know, that's really what I wanted to kind of be involved in. And, you know, it was always just sort of exciting that that like illegal, uh, you know, party or something, really. You know? And that just seemed like the most kind of dangerous and awesome, you know, event that you could sort of go to. And it was where like music even really thrived in such a great way. And so those kind of things connected and was just. I don't know, it's like the perfect backdrop to all of that kind of music and stuff that I love is some weird bar in some tunnel or something mm. like that. And so, uh, yeah. just A bit know. of a slightly speakeasy kind of vibe about it. Like, is this yeah. place actually a bar or is it, are we meant to be here kind of vibe? Totally, yeah, for sure. You know, it's like you're kind of 
sort of fighting against what are those kinds of norms and there's something really awesome and beautiful that's going on underneath the surface and you know people really put stuck their neck out to like throw this party in some abandoned skyscraper in manhattan or something mm -hmm. so it's like it's just kind of you would just feel like the, the the thrill of the whole event and everything that was going on and yeah it's awesome were you were you had you started doing uh, uh death by audio at this point was this, was this like a sort of pre-existing idea or did it all kind of happen about the same time yeah i mean i had done it i'd started it actually like a little bit before i even moved to new york and so that was like the pedal company and um you know so i was doing that stuff i was living in a warehouse in virginia you know i was the only one who was stupid enough to live in the warehouse and so it's like we had like practice spaces and stuff and i would just build stuff and paint and do all sorts of things and you could do in totally in the wee hours of the night at that time i was like going to bed at noon every day mm -hmm. and so um you know there it seemed like a space a place where there was going to be lots of people doing this kind of stuff so that was sort of the attraction and that's even you know gives you the time to sort of like endlessly tinker on things you know we were recording an album at that time and i think in virginia and it like took maybe like two years to record this album you know and it was like you know it's there was no point in that it sounded almost the same as when we started as when we finished but it's uh you know and, and even like coming up and working on circuits and inventing stuff i had no one to turn to and so it was lots of like reading books not having a clue what they were talking about in the book you know and just trying to build and tinker and take apart things that i had and it was um you know it was a place where you know i could do that kind of stuff and that's even a problem i think with all of these things getting more expensive everywhere mm -hmm. I was living in that warehouse for free. I had no expenses whatsoever. And so that was incredible. Then you moved to New York and, you know, you're paying whatever, $400 a month or something. It was like, that seemed expensive at the time, but. That sounds so cheap now. Manageable. Yeah, totally. You know, like, you know, I could start this pedal company. I would like go drive around my van and deliver pedals to people or something or randomly get like orders and, and then take odd jobs, doing all sorts of stuff, like assisting with things. But you could kind of live doing that, just sort of like hustling as, you know, a 20-year-old or whatever, trying to make this stuff happen. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel I feel bad that the kids today maybe don't get those experiences and and stuff or don't have that opportunity you must have there must have been some real some the pedals at that period must have gone out to some really interesting people as well totally yeah for sure um, and you know it's also i was building boutique pedals so they were like mm -hmm. um you know 150 bucks or something or 200 dollars. not everybody even had that money and stuff so yeah sometimes i would go drive and it would be like you know the guitarist from guns and roses or something like that like loft in manhattan or something i'd be like what the hell am i doing here or something or <laughs> you know you're you just kind of get involved in some of that sort of stuff or you know people you know musicians you know they want always this like new sound and are searching out that stuff i mean that's why i got into these things so yeah you know you get approached by all sorts of people kind of you know, being like, oh, I'm looking for someone who can build me this custom thing or something. And I'd be like, no problem, you know, make it happen or whatever. You know, you just, even you, even if you're like, I have no clue how to do this, like, it just seemed like insane to get to even work with these musicians who, you know, just 
five years before this, I was driving around in a Chevy Caprice smoking weed, you know, blasting some cassette. And, you know, it's just like so insane to get involved then in this world, which was, um, you know, just seems so distant and, and foreign and all of this stuff. You come from the place of being a fan of music and playing music and, you know, in failed bands and not even having any hopes to get to play some real show at an actual place. And then as these things start to twist and turn around and you start to connect with these things, it's weird. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I kind of, I came from a small town, and uh, we had one famous stoner metal band, Electric Wizard, that lived in in the town that yeah. that yeah. we were from. And you know, I used to go and get stoned with them. But you know, no one in the town really knew that they were. They'd go off and tour around Brazil and America, but no one really knew back at home, uh, outside of their immediate circle, that they were like quite well regarded. They were just like people that signed on for government benefits and you know oh, get wow. stoned and make make a vegetarian curry every tuesday yeah. <laughs> and yeah. stuff but it but it was just this kind of sort of thing of like um for you that must have so i have this such a romantic picture of what you're saying in a way of like almost like being like a kind of a doctor or like a bespoke drug dealer for you know you know for, for pedals you know <laughs> going yeah. around to people's houses going up in elevators dropping off like sort of particular Good. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was so crazy too. Cause it was also at the same time, you know, even with all of these things is I didn't think of myself as like a professional in any realms, you know? So it's such like a bizarre thing to be like the person who, you know, is kind of almost like given up on all, you know, entering into any sort of real world in that and just going into like, self-exploration and just sort of making things where it's like oh i think this sound is cool and it's super fucked up and probably nobody else would like this you know but i think this is incredible and you know just like not even realizing that i don't know that that would also somehow make some kind of connection or something like some of these kind of people it's like i don't know you just feel like so sort of strangely far removed from that stuff it's it's weird when those things start to kind of connect yeah and then you realize that, that everyone's just people and something you know totally that, yeah and people kind of genuinely seem to relate to things when you just do it from that point of view of just not overthinking what other people want and just accessing that point of view of yourself that it's so true and man do you see that stuff like on online all the day all the time now it's like you're getting these things crammed down your throat of like this weird realm of like oh how much am i actually like kind of seeing someone be a real person mm. you know and this thing and actually saying the things that they like and these things like twist and turn in such weird ways like i don't know if you are ever on instagram or anything yeah like that, too much like yeah. you know it's such a strange it's like a, such a delicate fine balance of like someone where I'm like generally thrilled of like, you know, what this weird content is they're putting up. And then I'll go to a show and maybe the band isn't that good, you know, or something. And then it like sours me to this vibe of this guy who takes pictures of dog turds on the street. Or something, you know? <laughs> Just like, you know, so it's a, such a like, I don't know, weird kind of thing where I don't know. It's yeah, it's just 
I don't exactly know where I'm going with this, but uh, no, I, I understand. But, I, I, I'm enjoying it, whatever. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like I don't know, it's it's like you can. There's like definitely this line of where, and then you see these artists who are like they become self-aware that mm. these conversations are having into the camera you know, are getting to be huge. Like these people that you'll follow and have, you know, like five likes or something. And then now there are these people who are getting like 20,000 likes Mm. from this thing where they're just rap, you know, talking into the camera or something. And you're like, this must like, it changes the perspective on that stuff. And it must change how they think about these things. And then they're kind of are like pandering towards something. And Mm. it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, definitely. It is a weird one. And um, but yeah, with um sort of with with um you know exploding head, um that's like uh so I've been going back and listening to it quite a bit this week, walking oh, cool. around Berlin, listening to it, and sort of I remember listening to it at the time and sort of that kind of thing of sort of feeling the kind of you know, like transporting me back to how I felt about it then. And it's I still feel it's like as amazing. And um cool. how how does it for you? I mean you know, because obviously there's a remix package that's come. Um, you know, there's a reissue package. Sorry, that's come up, and you've been involved with with you know the extras with it and things like that. So you've obviously been involved with it. So what what is it like for you, kind of digging back into something that happened not just a different time ago, but in a sort of different incarnation of of the the band as well? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It's like, you know, to kind of dive in, you know, you just sort of you you put those things out and then you're just kind of done with that in that sort of way. I mean, we'll play these songs, but we can readapt them in any which way we want to and and all of that sort of stuff. So to really dive in and kind of pay close attention to this stuff was um yeah, it was it was it was it was kind of it was a trip, you know. It's like pretty wild that you start to come up, you know, bring about all these sort of feelings and remembrances of all these things that was happening at those times and of the old warehouse and the old band members and old shows and, and all of this stuff. It's, uh, you know, and then you even think like, Oh, wow. You know, like I would never write some songs like this anymore, or I would never, you know, be singing about some of the subject matter and stuff. It's kind of, it's a little bit alien to yourself too. You're a little bit like, who was I at this time period or something? Um, so uh yeah, you know, it's 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 definitely was was really awesome to do and really cool to kind of get that opportunity. In some ways, it's great to sort of have this excuse to sort of it's like you finally bust up into the attic and open up that old box of photographs or something so uh i i really uh i i liked it you know it was cool to sort of have a, a reason to do that in some ways like sometimes i don't think you get that reason to like revisit you know what was that old sketchbook about or you know what what is all of this kind of stuff so it was cool to do that yeah, that's what you're saying. That but you don't always have the reason to. Is that you know, in, in terms of your creative ethos, is it, is it something you more inclined to always want to move forward? Usually, totally. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like you're kind of constantly chasing the dragon or whatever it is of like, mm-hmm. you know, what's some. You know, I'm a music fan. You know, so it's like what's some new sound or some you know new song that could come about that would really you know is something fresh and that i've never kind of heard before and some interesting take on some things and you know uh you know that's even with all of that stuff even designing the pedals or everything mm-hmm. it's like you know i just want to hear something 
that I've never heard before. Yeah. And I know, you know, also because it's, it's been quite a busy year for you or in terms of releases, I know stuff goes back from different times, but we've seen through you as well. And, you know, this this album was kind of it was made during lockdown. Was it was. It? Yeah. yeah. Totally. So. And I remember hearing the story about it, um, you know, the, the lineup change and uh, the, the things like that, you know, that that's, that happened around that time. And and it, was it was this sort of like a kind of a car, uh, pardon me, I've lost my words, <laughs> a kind of a car catharsis to make was there was a sort of cathartic process in in kind of going in or was it just is it just more like the idea that you have to kind of keep making music and you find your zone when you're doing it yeah i don't i mean you know i it must have been a cathartic experience it's like it was such a rough and tough time for me personally while these kind of things were going on and you know, I just sometimes I would like walk down the street and be like, you know, how would I know if I'd like lost my mind and yeah. had gone crazy? You know, would I be able to be like rational enough or would somebody tell me you've gone crazy, dude? And would I believe it or any mm. of those kinds of things? And so, um, yeah, it was like so recording this music um was you know it's it, it's always kind of a great way to sort of let out all of your your thoughts and your emotions and have mm. something kind of grab on to and when you're feeling these kinds of things like I don't feel that way now that I felt then you know so you, you know and even again it, like I was saying about exploding the head in a way you know it gives you like purpose to sort of write these things and it really encapsulates like a specific time it's like a photograph of these moments and that pain and since you know you're just kind of like saying words to sort of describe these things and you're playing music and you're playing guitar in the way of where you know you're angry at the world or sad or angry at yourself or whatever it is you know you're getting like a pure like stylus cut of what that moment was you know and it's so it's like you know and while you're living it you don't even really have time to necessarily think about all of those things so the same way like a lathe cuts the record it's like you feeling that intense way and then playing these instruments must like directly relate to that kind of stuff and so um i think it's you know whether you know maybe it made all the whole experience worse for me but i mm -hmm. think that it's um uh you know it's it's just it's an interesting thing to have that connection and have that be a snapshot of that sort of time i mean same thing with exploding head you know that was like a particular time when you know things were so wide open for me in a way you know our first album had done really well you know we got approached and signed by mute records which is an absolute dream you know and so it just it just seemed like you know, here we go, we have this, you know, this is so cool, this is incredible, like all of these things are going so well, you know, I was so excited to record this record and write all of these songs, and, you know, people actually like our band, and here is like, uh, you know, we can work with different people and explore all this different stuff, and it might even, you know, you, you know, it changes your perspective too, this might get listened to, you know, this is also, oh, I also have to make it good because, you know, people who are my idols are releasing this record and stuff and, you know, and all of this kind of things. It's it's a weird place to kind of find yourself where, um, you know, you, you, you have to do things with intention in a kind of way. And so, um, you know, you're like, uh-oh, the pressure's on. And, and I think that that's even can be kind of a good thing. Like sometimes you're just sort of 
and aimlessly tinkering. And so when there's um, a, a purpose, it really, uh, you know, makes things um, kind of, you know, I guess it's a little scarier to do, but it's, uh, it's, it's cool to see, you know, what something was done for a point. Was it easy for you to move into that state of doing things of intention when the band picked up, when the band, uh, at that point in time in the band, when you had all of this attention for the first time? Because I know quite a lot of people, and I've had this experience myself, is that I faltered, you know, like I suddenly, the, the, the natural way of doing things that I'd known where there was no pressure, suddenly I couldn't just rely on not having a clue <laughs> anymore. I suddenly had to sort of be very smart to my processes, really. And it made me very, it, stump, it stumbled me for a while, I have to say, you know, and I, I was wondering for you, because this all happened very, you know, although your music timeline is quite long, this, this period of transformation for the band was very quick, really. And, and yeah. it seems like you all glided into it. But that's just in terms of what I hear from the recordings. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, maybe in some ways you get kind of lucky when there's so many things that are going on and so much stuff you've gotten yourself involved in, maybe stupidly, and they all kind of blow up so you don't really have a chance to breathe. And so it was like at that time also, you know, the pedal company was doing better and better and better. And finally, you know, there was like employees that I'd hired and all sorts of things. We had a venue in New York, which was like throwing shows and doing all of this stuff. So it was kind of like, you know, if I had the chance to work on this stuff, it was, it always seems like on the fringe, you know, I was like, I was like, well, okay finally i'm going to get some time by myself where i can work on this record and write these sort of songs so you know you had to take that opportunity in some kind of way you know in some ways it was almost a little bit more lucky than when times are sort of slow and you're sort of you're like uh oh this deadline is in six months you know, like, what should I write about or something? I could, <laughs> I could just go to the pub. Yeah, I could just go to the pub and you ponder forever. And then it ends up being, you know, like three days before it's mm. due, you scramble the thing together. So the whole time period was almost like there's three days due to make this happen. Like, I remember we even were like, um, you know, on tour and I like flew home to New York you know, to work on these mixes, to then fly back to on tour or something, because it was like so important to like get off this stuff or something. So, um, you know, I think we were kind of lucky in that sort of in that sort of regard. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm a realist in some kinds of ways. Like I knew that this was, you know, our chance and our and our shot to sort of do something. And I was so you know, had wanted to jump on this opportunity like 20 years ago or something, never got the chance. So to sort of get this, I was, you know, just pushing it as hard as I possibly could to kind of like, you know, okay, well, I'm, you know, I want, I want, we have this opportunity to write songs. I'm going to just focus on writing some incredible songs if possible. And I'm going to focus on trying to figure out ways that we can record differently. And I'm going to try to focus on, it was all of this stuff, which was like, um, you know, I, I I had already sort of known some of these pathways that I wanted to go and sort of do, but just didn't really have a reason to do it. 
So it's sort of almost like open the idea of like, oh, okay, let me, you know, I don't know, try to come up with ideas for album covers and stuff and things that like you almost didn't think about as much or something anymore or or kind of was. So it was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was, it, it was a blur. Yeah, it sounds like, I love the way you're describing it, it sounds like a kind of a sliding doors moment in life in a way, you know, whereas like you could, there's the opportunity to falter, there's the opportunity to really embrace it. And you, you took the way of really, really embracing it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's also because I was kind of broken in a way, mm. you know, I had sort of like been, um, you know, trying to do this band thing in Virginia for so long and we were in a band and it was maybe for, I don't remember exactly how many years, seven years or something. Mm. You know, we tr- we recorded like five albums or something and really tried to push it. And I would try to book these tours and you'd always show up and it would be like, you know, some failed, you know, taco restaurant is where you're playing. Or something. <laughs> it's like, you know, just dismal. Everyone in the band would look at you like, why did you book us at this thing? And, and all of that. And so it was such like these kind of constant failed experiences. And, you know, and I put everything into that and so much, you know, we would send out posters and go to town and silkscreen our own album covers and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. And so it was kind of like, um, you know, I had already sort of done this and failed. So I knew that if, you know, when things were, were, were finally there, it was like, oh, this is the chance to, to do, to get back into this stuff and not fail or something, or, or I've got nothing to lose in a way or something. Kind of <laughs> you know, it's like, I've already tried these things and, you know, and failed. And so if I can try these things and they can work, whatever. Yeah, it feels like you're in a good place now. You know, it's sort of, do you feel that, you know, sort of post see through you, you know, with the new lineup and the way everyone plays together, you know, and do, do you feel like, you know, sort of in a good place yourself? I do. I really do. You know, everything is kind of been going, it's as much as like, there's all sorts of kind of insane stuff sort of going on. And, you know, there's the, the, who knows what the state of the world is and all Mm. of this stuff. Like, you know, I guess maybe I I shouldn't pay attention to any of that stuff, but uh, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm lucky to have a bunch of people who are like really close friends and people who are so great to work with on this Mm. stuff. We've been having a really good time and, you know, I keep on getting these sort of like opportunities to work with artists and do these things that is just a complete dream. So, um, yeah, I feel good. Awesome. Oliver, thank you so much. Thanks. That's really awesome. Cheers. Of course. Thanks so much, Paul. So that was Oliver Ackerman there from A Place to Bury Strangers talking with me, Paul Hamford, for the 75th episode of lost and sound i can't believe we're here yes so the uh, 13th anniversary release edition of exploding head is out now on mute bmg is on vinyl two cd and digital formats with a death by audio pedal bundle available exclusively from reverb there are european tour bait There are European tour dates announced for 2023. I'll put a link in the description for this. And thank you to Zoe Miller for sorting out that interview. If you want to support the show, head on over to my Patreon 
at patreon.com forward slash Paul Hanford. And my book, yeah, pardon me, uh, Coming to Berlin is available now on Velocity Press. Thanks to ESO for doing the music and thanks to Audio Technica for sponsoring this episode. Makers of high quality audio accessible to all headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones. They make really amazing studio quality stuff that is affordable. Head on over to their website, wherever you are in the world, audiotechnica.com to check out their range of stuff. And ah, oh, this is really nice. I can feel the sun on my back. That's really, really nice. You know, when you get like winter sun, wow, I feel like a penguin about to fall down in some snow. I hope you have a really fucking lovely day. Yeah.